Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Introducing the Entree Architect Profit Workshop. It's a four-week curriculum-based online training program built for you, the small firm entrepreneur architect. It starts on November 6th, and it's limited to only 20 people. What will you do with your 20% profit? Learn more today at entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. Hello, my name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 242, and this week I'm solo. I'm going to walk you through the step-by-step process for how to run a profitable architecture firm in 2019. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work that you love. And Revit Rocketship. Learn Revit the fast and easy way with a powerful online course developed by the guys over at F9 Productions. From first-time users to seasoned pros, Revit Rocketship will show you how. Hey, this is Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and today we're going to do something different. Today we're doing sort of a simulcast. I'm putting together a, a, um, a video here, and I'm recording the audio for the podcast. We're going to post the video over at the blog at entrearchitect.com blog, and 
We're going to share the audio here on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, welcome. And if you're watching this on the video, how are you? This is the first time we've ever posted a video uh, presentation on the blog. So this is a test. We'll see how it works. Um, last Tuesday, I presented a live webinar called the Entree Architect Profit Plan. And what I want to do is uh, go through that 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 presentation here for the podcast and post a video, sort of a condensed version, sort of do this in half time. So we're going to fly through this, give you everything you need to know on how to build a profit plan for 2019. And here's my challenge to you before we get started. My challenge to you, and you may have heard me, I've posted, posted this in the Entree Architect community over at Facebook, entrearchitect.com slash group. If you're not a member, you should be. It's free. Um, I posted this challenge to you. I believe that every single small firm architect, every architect, but every small firm architect, our community, the small firm architects, um, every one of us should have a profit plan. Every one of us. And most of us don't. I would venture to say almost all of us don't. And you should. And I'm going to go through the process of how to do that here on the podcast, on the video. It's, I'm also going to link the webinar if you want to sort of go through it a little bit slower. Um, we're also putting together, we've, we've put together a, li uh, a live training workshop. It's four weeks, um, four weeks, four weeks long. Uh, it's going to be four 90-minute sessions, Tuesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, you can go learn more about that at entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. And what I'm going to do there is I'm going to hold your hand, virtually hold your hand and walk you through the entire process of not only putting together a profit plan, but also a, an annual budget and show you how you can leverage your PL statement, uh, your profit and loss statement and your balance sheet. So I'm going to walk you through the entire process of putting together a fin financial management system for your firm. So in 2019, not only do you have a, a system that works, but here's my goal. My goal is to make sure that you understand this stuff. When I started to understand these numbers, started to understand how this works, it got so exciting. And it and I saw how each piece connected to the next piece. And when you when those those neurons start connecting in your brain and you start understanding this stuff, it's really exciting because you can see how how easy it is to become a profitable firm. And so that's why I put together the webinar. That's why we're doing the workshop in, no uh, in November. That's why I'm doing this information here. This is for the community. I believe this, this is the answer that we've been looking for. We've been looking for the solution of how to, to earn more respect, how to show more value. You can do that as by being a successful business. And the way to be a successful business is to put together uh, a financial system that works. And it starts with the Entree Architect Profit Plan. The Entree Architect Profit Plan is based on Steve Wintner's P2P method. It's the path to profitability. It's the method that's right out of his book. He wrote the book on this stuff. It's called Financial Management for Design Professionals. You can go check it out. It's out of print right now. Uh, he is working on a second edition that's going to be coming out soon. But this is it. This is the system uh, I'm working directly with Steve to develop this information for you. And so we're giving it to you here on the podcast, on the video, at the webinar, um, and we're going to walk you through it at the workshop. Um, so let's get through this. You already know, my name is Mark R. LePage. I, I started a firm in 1999 with my wife called Five Cat Studio Architecture. We're going to run right through this, so I'm not going to get too deep to that. You can go find other episodes uh, about who I am and where I've come from. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably already know. But but what's a profit plan? A profit plan is 
at its basics, at its, at its very most basic level, how much revenue do we need to earn in order to be profitable, right? It's, it's, a, it's a way to understand how much revenue you need to come into your firm in order to be profitable. And so why do we need a profit plan? You've heard me say this before. You've heard me say this over and over again. It's profit, then art. And it's not profit over art. It's profit, then art. If we build strong, profitable businesses, we can go produce the art and create the art that we love. We can create the architecture. We can serve our clients. We can do the thing that we most want to do, the thing that that led us to architecture in the first place. That, that thing that you became an architect for can't be done unless you're earning profit because you need to build a business that can support the art. We're not in it as a hobby. If you're in it for a hobby, shut down this podcast right now and go do your hobby. If you're in it for a business, and you most of us are, we are architects. We are professional architects. And therefore, we need to build businesses. And businesses, businesses by definition, earn profit. So how do we do this? How do we build a profit plan? I'm going to go through this very quickly. Step one, calculate your cost of labor. Your cost of labor are your employees, the people who work for you, your labor. What does it cost to have those people working for you? The total, bill, the total fees billed, how much... Uh, of your fees are actually being billed out to clients. That's step one. Step two, take that information and calculate your net operating revenue. That's how much money is coming in. Step three is to calculate your total expenses. That's how much money is going out, right? Step four is to calculate your projected profit margin. Projected profit margin. What do you want to earn? We're targeting 20%. So step one, cost of labor and total fees billed. And I'm going to go through this very quickly. I'm going to talk about a lot of numbers. Um, it's probably easier to listen to this and then go watch the video or the webinar and, and recap it. it. If you've already done gone through the webinar, this might be a great way to sort of get it embedded into your brain uh, by listening to it over and over again. Whatever it takes, we're going to get you there to, to have you understand these numbers. So the step one, we're going to go through this projected labor and fees build worksheet. That's how we're going to do this. We're going to use this worksheet. Um, this worksheet has a bunch of columns, a bunch of rows, just like every spreadsheet you've ever seen. Um, on the far left, you have labor. Those are the people that work for you. And so we're showing uh, Maria Santiago as the, as the firm principal, a couple of uh, professional staff people, Betsy and Juan. And then you have administrative staff. We have Jack, uh, Jack Furger on there. And then we're also showing in this firm, this is a, this is a, a uh, fictional firm, we just put together this for as an example. We're also showing some contract labor, so maybe they outsource some BIM work to someone. And so if you are outsourcing to, to someone, that person should be on here as well. Um, the other thing is if you're a sole practitioner, you can be what Steve calls a checkbook um, architect. You, you can just use a checkbook system. The money comes in. You need more money coming in than the money going out. If it's just you, this might be overkill for you. If, it's, if you have one outsourced person working for you or one employee, then you need to build this system. You need, you need to build a, a financial system that starts with a profit plan. Um, on this worksheet, we're also talking about the hourly rates and then the total labor hours. The total labor hours are the total hours that that person's working in a year. Most people, most full-time employees, full-time employees we're showing at 40 hours a week um, and for 52 weeks a year. So 2,080 labor hours. Total labor 
typically is the salary of that person. So Maria Santiago's uh, Santiago's showing $1,000 total labor. Um, and then we're also showing total, total labor there as well. For the podcast and for the explanation of this session, for this, this worksheet, we're going to go through just Maria Santiago here in a minute. But, but the worksheet, you need to have everybody on it so you can see how that works here on the worksheet. Then we get into utilization rate. Utilization rate is, the, is how efficient is that person? How, how much of the work that that person does is directly chargeable to a client. So you can see that Maria Santiago, Santiago is, is 58% uh, efficient. Utilization rate is 58%. So 58% of the work that Maria does can be billed out directly to a client. The professional staff who does more work that can be chargeable, right? That Those utilization rates are higher. They actually can charge more out to a person uh, than than someone who's doing, like Maria is probably doing a lot of business development, uh, probably doing a lot of, of um, marketing. That kind of stuff is not directly chargeable. So she's spending a lot of time doing that. So 58% of the work that she's doing is billable. Somebody like Betsy, who is a, a professional staff, is 75%. So do you understand that? So maybe um, the administrative staff, that's uh, Jack, is, is almost none of it, so 35% of, of his work is billable. And so that's what a utilization rate is. The next uh, column is direct labor. Direct labor is how much of the total labor, so let's say the total labor uh, for Maria is her salary, is $100,000. How much of her direct labor is chargeable to a client? So that's 58% of her total labor is chargeable, so that's fifty-eight thousand dollars. The indirect labor is the the remaining of that. It's the it's how much you're charging that person, or that person, how much you're paying that person. That's not directly chargeable to a client. So that's indirect labor. Direct labor and indirect labor were two uh, categories that, or two definitions that I didn't really understand. I didn't understand the difference between direct labor and indirect labor for a long time. But direct labor directly chargeable, indirect labor is not chargeable. It's the remaining how much you, you pay for that person. Then the direct labor hours or how many hours they're actually working on that work that's that's chargeable. So in Maria's case, if she's 58% um, utilization rate, she's 58% of her total hours, which is 2,080, is direct labor hours, 1,206. Um, then you go through, then you have to figure out the next step is your, your billing rate. Your billing rate for that person, that's how much you're going to charge uh, to clients for that work. So if her uh, total labor is $100,000 a year and she's working a total labor hours of 2,080 hours, then her hourly rate is $48.08. That's 100,000 divided by 2,080 right, is $48.08. That's how much you're paying her uh, per hour for the, the amount of work that she's doing. Well, the, the company is charging that or paying that. Um, so how do you get, so if the billing rate, the billing rate is how much do you charge your clients for that person's hour? And that number is not something you make up. That's, the, and many of us are. I did for a long time. I said, well, what's the market rate? Well, that's how, pretty much how I'm going to charge. But there's actually a formula for creating the billing rate. The billing rate for Maria is $145. We're paying her $48. We're 
billing her out at $145. And so her projected fees for the year is, is, how, is her labor uh, hours, her 1,206 labor hours. That's how many hours she's actually billing out times her billing rate would be $174,870 is how much we bill out her, to her. And it's projected. This is, this is a plan. So this is what we're planning for her to bill out in the following, following year. Let's go through, and then you do that for everybody in the office, right? And then you, you total your labor hours down on the bottom here. Uh, you take all your labor hours for each person and you total that. You take all your direct labor and you total that because all of these numbers we're going to use in the next step when we put together the profit plan. We actually haven't done that yet. This is all the worksheet. You, you also go and you, you add up all of your indirect labor um, and your projected fees. So the numbers that you need to get to the next step is total labor. So all of the total labor, those are the salaries that you're paying your employees, all of your employees including your, your contract outsourced contract contractors. You need your direct labor. That's all of the work that's being billed out. Your indirect labor, all of the, the uh, amount that you're paying uh, those people for work that's not billable, and your t projected fees billed. So how much um, are you actually billing out total? So you take all of the projected fees for each person, you add them up, and you get a total projected fees billed. So I just want to run through... Um, the webinar, actually, I went through all of these really quickly and very slowly and explained how all of that worked. We're going to skip through all of this. If you want to um, go back and check that out, let me just take a quick drink here. My mouth is, my throat's getting dry. Okay. If you want to slow down and go through each one of those, go check out the webinar. Um that's going to be posted both on the show notes for the podcast as well as the show um, the video over at the um, at the blog. And that webinar, we went over an hour uh, and answered a bunch of questions at the end. Um, we also talked about the workshop in some detail over there, so you can check that out over there. So we're going to skip through the line by line of the worksheet and go right into how you use the numbers from the worksheet, right? So we, we calculated all those numbers. Here's the definition for total labor. Total labor is the cost of all the hours worked by all the members of the firm, right? So those are total labor. Um, that can be calculated individually as well. It could also be calculated in, in terms of hours, total labor, and it can be, can be um, talked about in terms of cost, right? Um, so total labor hours for what we're talking about here is 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, 2,080 hours per year. That's how much that person's working. And so the utilization rate we talked about, how do you get the utilization rate? You, do, you do divide the direct labor by the total labor and you get the utilization rate. So direct labor, again, is how much is being billed out, uh, how much of that person's salary is being billed out to a client and divided by the total salary. Right, so if you remember, Maria was fifty-eight, uh, one hundred thousand dollars total labor, fifty-eight thousand dollars direct labor. So her utilization rate was fifty-eight percent. You can do that calculation for yourself and figure that out. Uh, low utilization rates, which would be firm principles, possibly you, 
the lower the utilization rate, the lower the revenue potential of that of that employee. The higher the utilization rate, like the professional staff who spends more time doing billable work, they had 75% and 80%, 85%. Um, that's high revenue potential. So if your your professional staff is more efficient in terms of direct labor than firm principles. Direct labor, the cost of labor that can be attributed or charged directly to a client or a project. The indirect labor is the is the cost of the labor hours that cannot be attributed or charged directly to a project. And we talked about utilization rate. I'm, again, I'm going through this quickly here. Um, what I want to do is I want to get to how we get to the billing rate. So here, the billing rate. For Maria, the billing rate was $145, right? We we pay her $48. The company pays her $48 an hour. In you know, if you take her $100,000 divided by the 2,080, you get $48 per hour. Uh, but we're billing her out at $145. How do we do that? We do that with multipliers. And this may get complicated on the podcast, but I'm going to try to to go through this with with you on the podcast. You need to create a break-even multiplier, which means you you there's a there's a multiplier, a, a number that you multiply that $48 by to get the break even. So you, if you if you pay somebody the $48 an hour, and then you charge that person out at $48 an hour, right, you're losing money, right? It's not you're not breaking even at that because you have to pay for the indirect labor, the, the number of hours you're paying her, the number of hours that you can't bill out, right? And there are expenses. There's office expenses and rent expense expenses and supplies expenses, all these expenses that we have, right? We have utilities, we have all these expenses. And so you need to come up with a way to make sure that you're paying for her salary and you're paying for the indirect labor, the amount of labor that, that can't be charged to a client, um, and the expenses. You need to cover that. So you need to come up with a break-even multiplier that you can multiply that $48 by in order to get break even. The way you do that is you is you go through um, to pay for the direct labor is direct labor um, divided by direct labor. So direct labor is her salary, $100,000 times 100,000. Oh, no, direct labor. I'm sorry. This is getting confusing on the podcast. I apologize. Direct labor is how much you're charging out. So in Maria's situation, it's $58,000, right? So you add all of that up for the firm. And remember, we went through this and we had to come up with a total direct labor number, right? So the projected total direct labor for this firm, when you add up all the different employees, all their direct labor was $207,600. $207,600 is the total. So to pay for the direct labor, to get the, the, the multiplier just for the direct labor, just to, just to pay for the work that's being charged out, it's, it's direct labor divided by direct labor. So that's one. So the multiplier is one for the direct labor. Now you need to cover for the indirect labor, right? Because that's, this is where you need to mark it up, right? In order to make sure that you're covered for the, the indirect labor, the labor that you can't charge to a client, plus the expenses. And um, plus the, the expenses. And so that's how you get the indirect labor um, multiplier. What you do is you take the total of the indirect labor, that $97,000, which is all of the indirect labor of all the employees, 
added up, um, and you take that $97,000 plus the indirect expenses, which comes off your, your annual budget, right? So your annual budget has a number of how much your expenses are. That's not in the worksheet. That's in your budget. You can go through your, your um, uh, P&L from last year and look at all of your expenses, add them up. Those are your, your, those are your uh, expenses that can't be dir- directly billed out to a client. And so you add those up, and in this case, it's $310,205. You divide that by the direct labor, again, that's uh, $207,600. And you get a multiplier for indirect labor of 1.5. So you're dividing your expenses and your indirect labor by your direct labor, right? And so you get 1.5 is your overhead rate multiplier. So now you need to add those two together. And when you add those two together, the, the, the multiplier of one for direct labor and the multiplier of 1.5 for the overhead, which is your indirect labor and your expenses, you get a break-even multiplier. Woohoo! Break-even, which means you get to zero, right? This covers, so you multiply that $48 um, um, salary, that $48 per hour that you're paying Marina, Maria, you are you multiply that by 250 2.5 which covers the direct labor how much you charge her for the work that's being done directly to a client plus the overhead rate right so now you're multiplying that $48 by 2.5 that gets you to break even so if you charge all of your employees at that multiplier of 2.5 and every firm's different so that 1.5 for your firm might be 1.4 or 1.65, that number depends on your indirect labor and your expenses. And so the numbers that I'm presenting are not may not necessarily be for your firm, but I'm showing you how to get to your firm. And that gives you break even. So if you, ch- if you charged your hourly rate so that you're paying a, an employee and you multiplied it by your break even multiplier, which in this case for this firm is 2.5, then you'll break even, no profit, but you'll break even. Right, so now what we want to do is we want to actually um, create a a profit multiplier. So now, how do we get to a profit multiplier? So here's what you do: you take the the and you don't you don't multiply it by twenty percent. If we want a twenty percent profit, we don't multiply it by twenty percent. We don't multiply our revenue by twenty percent. We actually take our um, our uh, multiplier. We take our desired profit, which is 20%, and we divide it by the complement of the 20%, which is 80%. And then we subtract it from the 2.5. So we take the 2.5 break even, and we divide it by 80%, which is 0.8. And then we subtract the break even back out. And that gets us a profit multiplier. That's that gives us our profit multiplier. So, so it's the 80%, which is we're dividing it by not, we're not multiplying it by 20%. We're dividing it by 80%. So we're taking the break even multiplier, which is 2.5 divided by 0.8 minus 2.5, right? And that gets us a, 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 um, a multiplier, our profit multiplier, which is 0.63 in this case. So if you take 2.5, which was our overhead rate, our break-even, I'm sorry, our break-even um, 
multiplier. Our break-even multiplier was 2.5. We just calculated that. 2.5 divided by 0.8, which is 80%, minus 2.5. That gets you 0.63, right? Here. That's, I'm going to show you here in the, uh, on the video. It's, it's 2.5 divided by 0.8 equals 3.13 minus 2.5 equals 0.63. So 0.63 is our profit multiplier. And that's critical that we do it that way because if you just take the 2.5 and you multiply it by the 20%, which is what most people intuitively do. You take break even times 20%. Intuitively, that makes sense that that should be uh, your 20% your profit. But in fact, when you do that calculation, you're actually getting 0.5, not 0.63, which means that you're leaving money on the table and you're not actually earning 20% profit. Um, that's why you do the inverse. So you do your break even multiplier divided by 0.8 if 20% is our target, minus break-even multiplier will give you your profit multiplier. Then we're getting into the really important part. So now we're going to add our break-even multiplier, which gets us to break-even, plus our profit multiplier, which gives gets us to profit, right? So you add those up and you get 3.13. 2.5 plus 0.63 equals 3.13. That's our planned net multiplier. That's the magic number. That's, the, that's why we went through this process. I hope you understood this. So you have $48 that you're paying your employee. So Maria is making $48 per hour. We need to mark it up to get to break even. That was, let me go back. That was our 2.5 gets us to break even. Then you have to add in your profit multiplier, which is 0.63, right? Then when you add that in, you get a planned net multiplier, and that's the magic number, the planned net multiplier. 3.13 for this, for this firm. It's specific to this firm. 3.13. So you multiply that $48 by 3.13. That gets us our billing rate, which is when you multiply, actually, when you multiply that number, it doesn't get you to 145. I'm going to talk about that in a second. So let's, I'm going to do the calculation right here live. So 48.08, right? That was her, her hourly rate times 3.13 gets you to one, $150.49. So why am I billing her out at $145? Well, she has a low utilization rate, right? So she's not a very productive person in terms of billing. So if you not, and her, and her fee is high, right? So if you knock her fee down a little bit from 150 to 145, you become more competitive. But then if you, if you work out your, um, oh, this, this, I'm working on, on the video, I'm going through the actual calculations that we just went through. So it's $48 times 3.13 gives you the um, calculated billing rate of $150.49. Our established billing rate is $145. And that's because we are 
we're um, going, we're working on trying to be as competitive as possible. So maybe you knock down your principal's um, uh, billing rate in order to be more competitive, and then you bump up the more productive people, like like Betsy and Juan, our professional staff. They're seventy five percent and eighty five percent efficient. So maybe with their calculated billing rates are one twenty and ninety. Maybe you bill them out at one twenty five and ninety five. So so do you understand that? So you take the hourly rate times the planned net multiplier, that magic number, which in this case is 3.13, you get a calculated billing rate. That's the billing rate. That's how you can bill it out. You can bill it out exactly at your calculated billing rate, or you can tweak it a little bit to be more competitive. You can bring down maybe Maria's number, and you can bring up your professional staff to be up a little bit higher, um, to be a little bit more competitive. That's how you get that 145 on the worksheet. So when you go through the billing rates um, to get your, to your final projected fees billed, that's how you do that. You go through that planned that net, planned net multiplier uh, process. So you get to a break-even uh, multiplier, and you get a profit multiplier. You add them together, you get a planned net multiplier. That planned net multiplier, that 3.13, gives you the number that you multiply your hourly rate that you're paying your employee by in order to get a billing rate. That's why that 145 isn't just a guess. It's not just a gut feeling. It's not a, a, a what's the market paying. It's actually what you're paying Maria times the plan net multiplier. That includes your overhead and your profit. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And so that's, that's how you get your projected fees billed. So in this case, the firm is is earning $636,900 when you add up all of the projected fees billed. That's an important information because cost of labor, we went through that, right? The indirect and the, in the direct labor and the indirect labor and the cost total cost. So that's that was the goal of, of this step one. Figure out how much each person is going to have to be paid in terms of direct labor and indirect labor and how much you're going to be able to bill out. That's the first step, right? We went through this worksheet. So there's the worksheet. So it's projected total labor is $304,600. The projected total direct labor is $200,600. The indirect labor is $97,000. And the, t- the projected fees billed for the entire firm is $636,910. I know, numbers on a podcast will blow your brain out. But I hope that some of this is leaking in. Some of this is fitting in between the other pieces in your brain, and it's starting to make sense. I don't expect for you to understand how to put together a profit plan or a financial system through a podcast. Never going to happen. But what I do hope this is doing is I hope this is inspiring you to dig deeper, that some of it's starting to make sense. And when some of it starts to make sense, I hope it inspires you and encourages you to jump into the next step. And when you can jump into the next step, then that's where you can start making some progress. Let's jump into the next step. The next step is the net operating revenue. We're going to figure out how to put the, how much money is coming in. And that's what an annual profit plan is for. How much money are you going to be able to, um, uh, how much net operating revenue are you going to bring into the firm? Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here 
at Entree Architect, RCAT, FreshBooks, and Revit Rocket Chip. Hey, are you going to Green Build in Chicago in November? It's coming up and coming up soon. If you're going to be there, check out RCAT at booth 529-529. Tell them that we sent you over there. This year's theme for the Green Build Convention is Human by Nature, focusing on sustainable buildings and practices that are accessible to everyone. Did you know that you can use RCAT to find lead data on building products? RCAT's powerful search engine can help you find the product information you need that meets all of your environmental standards. Best of all, like everything at RCAT, it's my favorite part, it's free. It's all free at RCAT. Check out RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com. Go check them out today and visit them at GreenBuild this November 14th and 15th, 2018 at booth 529. And let them know that, hey, Mark from Entree Architect sent you. Our friends at FreshBooks have been supporting us here at the Entree Architect podcast for a long time now. They've been a platform sponsor for well over two years. So thank you, FreshBooks. So you've heard me talk about FreshBooks a lot here at the Entree Architect podcast. Every episode, in fact, for quite a long time now. But did you know how FreshBooks actually was created? How it came to life? Well, it happened when their founder, Mike, accidentally saved over an invoice. And he kind of snapped. He was using Microsoft Word to bill his clients. He had studied accounting at school, but found that every accounting software on the market was built for some other business, not for him. He was frustrated. He wanted something different, something better, something that was designed for him, a self-employed professional. So he built it. Today, millions of people use FreshBooks, and on average, FreshBooks customers save about 16 hours a month. 16 hours a month. What could you do with an extra 16 hours? Getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. And the same goes for time tracking, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. So give FreshBooks a try. It's free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com FreshBooks. And then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. Revit Rocket Chip is a new online course developed by our friends Alex Gore and Lance Psycho over at F9 Productions. They're the guys from the Inside the Firm podcast. Their new online course will get you up and running with Revit fast and easy. It's completely different from anything else available online. You're going to learn how to model in Revit just like it gets built. And you won't even need to start from scratch. Alex provides you with a complete ready-to-go template to get started. It's the actual Revit template that his firm, F9 Productions, has developed over the past decade and uses today. He'll walk you through their proven method of developing a Revit model and end up with a completed set of construction drawings that you can use for your portfolio or reference when you develop your next project. Revit Rocket Chip is based on years of experience using the software and teaching Revit at the university level, so they know how to get you up and running fast and easy. I love that Alex and Lance are sharing their knowledge and I want you to check out Revit Rocket Chip. 
Register today for Revit Rocketship at entrearchitect.com slash Revit. That's entrearchitect.com slash R-E-V-I-T. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Revit Rocketship. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. I'm not going to go through this entire thing on the podcast or this video. Uh, for this specifically, this gets really complicated back and forth. Check the webinar for this. I'm going to run through this quickly. What you need is you take that the firm fees build, the $636,910 that we talked about before. That's, that's the column all the way to the right. We take that number and that goes up to the top. Then what you need to do is you need to bring in the total fees built because now that's how much the firm fees are, but now you may have outside project consultants, right? Which are also billing out, right? So though that's revenue as well. Um, but later on, we're going to pull that revenue out. But what we're doing is we're, we're getting the revenue um, for some of your other forms later on, your reports need total revenue. So you have that number in there. Um, and then you also need your markup on outside project consultants. So let's assume that's 10%. So in this case, your total fees, um, outside project consultant fees build, you target, Steve Wintner says that we should target 28% of our total fees build. So in this case, 28% of our total fees, that's the number when you add up our fees plus our consultants fees plus our markup is total fees build. So 28% of that total fees build should be uh, your target for outside project consultants. If you're higher than that, and you probably have too much outside project consultants, you should probably consider hiring somebody to do that work. It'll be more efficient for you. And so you add the, the, um, the total fees build, which came off the worksheet. You add your project consultants fees uh, build. You add the markup for those consultant fees, and you get your total fees build. Right. And so that's what we did. So we added those all up and you get $920,389 for this firm. So now we need to add our total reimbursables expenses bill because that's also revenue, right? Our total reimbursable expenses bill. We're going to take the firm reimbursable expenses bill, which comes off the annual budget, the outside project consultants. Re, uh, reimbursable expenses build, right? That also comes from the annual budget. And the total markup on the reimbursable expenses build, which may be 10%, and you add that up. So all of your reimbursable expenses, both ours and our consultants, add up to $103,920. Total reimbursable expenses. So profit plan. You need your total fees build, your total reimbursable expenses build, right? So you think of the money that's coming into your firm. You have money that's coming into your firm from the, the amount of money that you're billing out for your firm. You're billing, you're charging your money coming in from the amount of money your, your consultants are charging that you're passing through, plus the markups, plus all of the reimbursable expenses, plus the markups on the reimbursable expenses. That gives you your total your total number. Now what we need to do is your total outside consultants feed fees incurred, which probably is the same number of the outside project consultants fees build um, 
what we're going to do is we're going to remove that number. That's why this is complicated on the podcast. What we're basically doing is we're taking that that outside project consultants fees bill that 28% that we talked about earlier. We're going to pull it out of this equation because all we really want is the markup because we're also paying that money out, right? So if the, if your consultant is charging you and you're passing that through to the client, that ultimately isn't going to make you any money. Only the markup is. And so we pull that number out. That's $257,708, which was the 28% of the total fees billed. We're going to pull that out. And then we're also going to take the total project-related expenses, the reimbursables and the direct expenses that are incurred. We're also pulling those out of the equation. I know this is getting complicated. Don't worry. You can check it out on the, on the, on the webinar. It'll make much more sense when you go through that. So we're pulling that number out as well, that $95,000. Net operating revenue now is you add those all up. You add the total fees bill, which is the top line. So our fees and our consultant fees and the markups. Total fees bill plus total reimbursable expenses bill at $103,920. Then you add the negative $257,708 which is the total outside project consultants fees that were billed to us. And we, rem- we add the negative of the total project-related expenses incurred because those are also coming out of your revenue. That gives you a net operating revenue of se- 670694 I know, very complicated, eyes glazed, you're probably sleeping. Hey, wake up, wake up. Wake up. I know you're sleeping. We're almost there. We're almost there. So we take all those numbers, we add them up, we get our net operating revenue, and now we need our total expenses. So remember, we got our, our we started with our uh, total labor, we, then we got our total fees billed on that worksheet. That got us through our, our revenue. Now we're going into our total expenses. How much money is going out? This is much, much slower Uh, much less complicated. So we're getting a little bit easier here. We want to take the net operating revenue, which is the last line that we just figured out, 670,694. And now we need to come up with our total direct labor, which is our salary, right? That came right off the worksheet, 207,600. That's why we did that worksheet. Total projected uh, direct labor that comes right down through the, the, the column, the direct labor column right down on the bottom, 207,600 right there. And our total direct, uh, total indirect labor, which is our salaries and expenses from our annual budget, 310,205 for this firm. That comes from your worksheet and your annual budget, which is at 310,000 here. This the three hundred and ten thousand two hundred and five we talked about before. It's the ninety-seven thousand dollars from your indirect labor, plus from your annual budget, the expenses from your annual budget. You're adding that in, right? So your indirect labor, how much that you're charging, you're paying that employee that's not billable at ninety-seven thousand dollars right off your worksheet, plus whatever your your uh, annual expenses were from last year. Right off your annual budget, $213,205 in this case gets you to $310,205. Total expenses. Now, again, this is a, a plan. So this is our projected expenses. That's why we're pulling it off the annual budget. The total expenses. So now we have total net operating revenue, 670694 
Now we have our total expenses. That's our third step, right? We, we, we add our total direct labor to our indirect labor and our expenses gets our total expenses is $517,805 total expenses. Step four, here we are. Ha! Profit. This is my favorite part. Here we go. Step four is profit. You want to get your profit, projected profit margin, right? We want to make sure that the calculation that we did before the 20%, remember the 0.85, the whole complement thing, the 80% thing? We calculated in this plan that we were going to get 20%, right? We took our revenue and we took our, our expenses and we did a calculation to get 20%. In step four, we're going to confirm that we have a projected profit margin of 20%, right? Here we go. This is how we do it. Gross profit or loss. So now we take our net operating revenue. That's why we did that. The net operating revenue, that's 670694 You subtract the total expenses. So that's starting to make sense, right? You take your, how much money's coming in, divided by, or subtract the total expenses. We take out what's going out. That total makes sense, right? That's intuitive. Total net revenue minus total expenses. Total net revenue, how much flows in, minus total expenses, what goes out. That gets you your profit margin. Um, no, that gets your gross profit or loss. So that could be a loss, but we're not planning for losses. So that's probably not going to be a loss. It's probably going to be profit. If it's a loss, then you have to go back to all your numbers. You either need to raise your revenue or um, re you know, reduce your expenses. So we take the gross profit or loss. So we're taking our net revenue minus our expenses. That gets us our gross profit or loss. Now, we also subtract, whoop, here we go. We subtract any miscellaneous revenue or expenses because there, there's probably other revenue, maybe interest revenue or interest income. There's, there's other revenue, there's other money that's coming in that's not coming from fees or expenses that are not project-related expenses um, that are that need to be included in there. That's coming off your annual budget as well. You subtract that out from your gross profit or loss. In this case, it's eighteen thousand two hundred seventy-five dollars, and you get your net profit or loss before taxes and distributions. So that's where we're targeting. Distributions is what do you do with that profit, right? Taxes are you got to pay the government, right? But our calculation that we're working at, that 20% is our net profit before the taxes, before distributions. Net profit, 20%. So projected net profit is your net profit or loss before taxes and distributions, which is your gross profit minus your miscellaneous. In this case, it's $134,614. That's your net profit. That's what's left over after your net revenue, you take all your expenses, your miscellaneous revenue and expenses. In this case, this firm earns $134,614 profit. You know what they can do with that profit? Anything they want. It's their reward for being a successful firm. 20% profit. You can take that 20% and you can roll it right back into the firm and you can build a better business. You can take that money and you can distribute it among all of your employees and make all your employees happy. You can take that all that money home for yourself and go on a vacation. You can do anything you want with your profit. 
it's your profit. And in this case, we've confirmed that this numbers, the numbers that we've calculated, come out to 20.07%. So what if it doesn't come out to 20.07%? What if it doesn't come out to your expected 20%? You have to go back and look at your numbers again. You either need to increase your net operating revenue, you need to either earn more, have more money coming in, or you need to reduce your total expenses, which is the money that's going out. There's If that number is not 20%, it's either too much going out or too little coming in. That makes sense, right? But that's how you get to your 20% profit. So there you go. That's, that's the, the profit plan. That's the first step uh, of a financial management system to go through the worksheet that we talked about, to go through the profit plan, to calculate your revenue, to calculate your expenses, do all those, those equations to get to your, your gross profit. You subtract out your miscellaneous stuff and you get a, a net profit and then you calculate your percentage uh, and you come up with your projected profit margin. So there you go. I know that's very difficult to hear on a podcast. I hope, the reason I did it on the podcast is because I know there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast, but they may not necessarily be checking out the blog or they may not be in the community over at Facebook. So they may have been missing some of this stuff. This is so important to me that you're looking at this because this is how we change it. This is how we change our lives. This is how we make our firms better. This is how we earn more respect, how we gain more value as architects. It's all in the profit. When you build architecture firms that are profitable and we all have architecture firms that are profitable, what happens? The entire profession grows. The entire profession is more valued. The entire profession gains strength as a profession. And we become more relevant because the businesses are successful. This is the first step to becoming a successful architecture firm. You need to know your numbers. Even if you're a sole practitioner, even if it's just you working every day, you don't necessarily need to create this system, but you need to understand it. You need to understand how the money comes in, how the money goes out, how profit is actually calculated. You need to understand all of this. And if you go through this again and again, if you listen to this podcast, some of it might click. If you go back to the video over at the blog, this video that I, I created uh, for this podcast is there. Everything that we talked about uh, is there with all of the, the slides that, that we talked about. The video is not just me talking. It's actually, uh, I'm sharing the slides from the webinar so you can see the worksheet you can, it's a condensed version of the webinar that I did uh, last Tuesday. If you want to want to slow down and you want to watch this a little bit more carefully and you want to hear more explana explanation, um, check out the webinar replay, which will also be linked both in the show notes as well as over at the blog for the video. Um, if you want to get really serious about this, now here's, here's the thing. If you really want to get serious with this, I have a the Entree Architect Profit Workshop. It's scheduled to uh, launch the first session. It is a four-session workshop. It is me teaching you the profit plan, your annual budget, your how to take your, your, your profit loss statement and leverage that, and what your key financial performance indicators are for your PL, what your key per financial performance indicators are for your balance sheet, how you take all of that and make sure on a, on a monthly basis that you're heading in the right direction. We're going to go through each one of those steps in a four-week program. 
Check it out at entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. This is very important to me that our, that our profession does this. None of this, this doesn't exist anywhere else for small firms. This is where it happens. And, and we're providing this opportunity for you to put together uh, a, with me, step-by-step, step, holding your hand to create this financial system that will work for your architecture firm. Check it out at entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. Uh, and I hope to see you there. I hope this was helpful. And I would love to know if it was helpful. Go post some comments over at the um, either the blog or the podcast, or head over to the Entre Architect uh, Facebook group at entrearchitect.com slash group. It is a private group. It's free. Um, only architects are in there. Very active every day. It's the most positive place on the internet for small firm architects. Go check it out. I hope this was helpful. We'll see you. So there you go. That's episode 242, the Entree Architect Profit Plan broken down into steps, step by step. I hope that made sense in a, in a podcast. I know throwing a lot of numbers out in a podcast, difficult to listen to, right? But I hope, I hope you know, my, my goal is just to you know, maybe get some, some neurons to, to spark a little bit, to make some connections. That's all I'm looking for right here. It's, I'm hoping that it inspires you, it inspires you to, to go look for more. Uh, you can go check out the video if, if the podcast didn't really make sense without the images. All of the images, all the slides are over at entrearchitect.com slash blog. They're right there for you. If you want to check out the video of the recording of the webinar where I sort of slowed down and brought you through step by step, very, very uh, step by step, slowly brought you through, really hoping that you could uh, connect things there. If you, if you, um, if you go to the webinar, that's going to give you everything you need. Today, this podcast, the video over at the blog, it'll give you everything you need, but it's really condensed, as, as you just heard. Um, but the, the webinar video slows it all down. Uh, same information, but about 15, 20 minutes longer. So there's lots more uh, trying to help you get through the process. Um, and if you want me to hold your hand, I'll be your virtual hand holder. Join me for the Profit Workshop at entrearchitect.com slash Profit Workshop. Four weeks of sessions. Uh, they're going to be 90 minutes each. The first session is going to be on building a profit plan. The second week, we'll, we'll get into the annual budget and how that works with the profit plan. And they sort of go hand in hand and they, they feed information back and forth to one another. And then we're going to get into uh, P&L statements and balance sheets and key performance uh, indicators for each of those during the session. So what, what's going to happen is that once this uh, plan is put together and you have a financial plan, that, a financial management system that works for your firm, you will know how to look at it and understand where you are at any moment of any day and you'll see how profitable you are and how to adjust your business in terms of ex expenses and revenue in order to be successful and to earn the 20% profit that we're all looking for. So go check it out, entrearchitect.com slash Profit Workshop. I hope you uh, are there, and I hope to see you there. My name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. That's my mission. Every small firm architect running successful small businesses. Let's do this. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.